Hey, hey friends. friends, it's Davion. It's Bruce. And, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's My Gay, gay friend. friend. Episode number 59. Hello, husband. How are you today? I'm great, husband. How are you today? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. And welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by our fig tree that broke off today at our house. More to come on that later. <laughs> yes. So, are you ready to get into this exciting episode that we have? I am. I think we've got some meaty topics tonight. We have a lot of meaty stuff and a meaty tuck. So, you guys know what time it is. Let's go ahead and get this cocktail order ready. Um, while you got the year libation, we will tell you our selection for tonight. And also tell you how our week has been doing. So, husband, what is your selection for tonight? It is my go-to, a nice crisp glass of Riesling. What about yours? I'm doing the, the oldie but goodie. Um, rum and Coke. There you go. Bacardi Gold, baby. And Coca-Cola, please. So, yes. Um, I feel like next week I'm going to switch it up, though. I just don't know what yet, but, I, you know, it's been the last three weeks I've been having this. It's a great cocktail. It's simple. It's simple, and it very is delicious. Simple. It is very good. And it hits. So. Yes. All right, you guys, hopefully you guys have gathered your libation. So let's go ahead and raise these glasses for a wonderful episode. Here we go. Clink, 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 clink. Nice. All right. And then we're going to take a sip. Oh, that's strong shit. <laughs> I think you can handle it. I'm, I, I'm but good. do remember, you've got things to do. Listen, <laughs> you've got, got things a, on the docket. Got got, stuff on the docket. You got to make sure you're able to do it. <laughs> I will be able to do all of the things, so. So, husband, how was your week been going? My far? week thus far has been very promising, very hot, and very busy. I've traveled to the valley three times this week, which is three more than I would have liked to, but it was all for the freelance gig. So, you know, it keep it kept the coinage coming. I don't know how people do it. The valley is not a real place. <laughs> It I don't understand. I, well, I know because I used to live there. I lived in the valley. I just, my body temperature has grown accustomed to different things in the past 10 years because being up there in the middle of the day, getting in your car and having the thermostat say 110, 112, and being able to feel it, <laughs> like... It's a different part, yeah. It's a different beast. I yeah. mean, we've got really good, good friends that live in the valley. And all I can say is thoughts and prayers. Yeah, we both lived at the valley at some point. I went to school there my entire life and yeah, it's it's a choice. And you definitely have to have air conditioning for the summer. Summertime you don't tend to go out or do a lot of shit. Um, well, you know, cuz of life, but it has been hot. Global warming is real. It's been really hot also where we live. It is aggressively real. And I hope seriously that people start waking up to it because it's only going to get worse. Yeah. So did you survive? The I mean, 112 heat? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> I made here it. Now. You're like, I yes, made I it. I made it. I pushed through. I pushed through in the traffic at the almost over two hours getting home the other mm. day. It is definitely a choice. I do not miss that at all. It is a <laughs> definitely a choice. And it's funny because you told me that you were trying to, you know, do the highways and byways and take the side streets and, you know, just 
size show Bob the shit. Because I got that from you. And I'm and blaming I'm you. Great at because doing you always amazing. You always tell me like, yeah, I have to get off the freeway and take some streets. And I tried to do the same thing and it aggressively fucking failed for me the other day. So now I'm back on just trusting my GPS. Like if it says that I will get there in an hour and a half, regardless of how red that strip is, I know now from personal experience it could get worse but this is the thing so the trick to this is because dealing with traffic especially when you're in the midst of la traffic you have to find a side street that isn't too busy a lot of cars know that still runs parallel to the main service road so that's the key so once you find that you can dip through the neighborhoods but you have to you have to make sure there's not more than like 10 cars following you or ahead of you. Because if that's the case, then everyone has found out that little route. So what you do is, because again, these side streets that people live on, they're regular streets. People just don't like driving on them because it's a residence. But if you dip to that shit, you get the shit hella quick. So it's, get it's possible. Faster if you get on the curb. <laughs> you just no, drive on the sidewalk. Move out of the way! <laughs> bitches. <laughs> But no, that's that's the that's the secret to the success of, of being a sideshow bob. I'm a sideshow bob nigga all day, so I would take a side street and keep it pushing. But you know, you did tell me it was two hours and, and not and sometimes it can it can be that though. But that's the key. Just learn what the parallel streets are to the service, the main service road, and just dip through. Yeah, I'm I'm just sticking with the GPS. Cause it literally told me an hour and a half and I was like, mm. I was like, that's aggressive. I could beat that. Yeah, I could beat that. <laughs> and it literally took me over two hours to get home. So I'm a You're main just road. Try one nigga. Time. Try no, no, I'm, no. Not, <laughs> not in this heat. Not with the AC. When the AC is blasting and I'm still hot, that's a problem. That's so I'd rather just stick to the rivers and lakes that I'm used to. Okay. How was your week? The week has been weak, and it's a short week because, you know, I was off Monday and. This on this air podcast podcast airs. I will be in San Francisco for Dory Alley. All of my kink and leather people, BDSM fam, um, all the gays and queers, and some lesbians will be there too. Um, so I'm there for the weekend festival for that up mm-hmm. north. So you know it's fun. Um, I, I'm going with my best friend, uh, my brother's uh, Jr. Santos. So. This is the first time he and I have ever been away together on a trip out of our 20, how long have we been friends for? 27 years? 20, some shit. Long that is time. a long time for We've a We've been places together when we had our spouses with us or whatever, mm. but yeah, like just he and I, we've mm. never had that. And it was like, we need to change that shit. So he's coming with me out there to uh, Dory Alley, so that's fun. But this past weekend, oh, not this past weekend, um, Wednesday night, I had a best friend date night with my best friend. Shout out to Trish or Mahogany. You know, she has many aliases. Many, she's many women with many different names. Multifaceted. Multifaceted. Multifaceted queen. A wonderful, wonderful person. But um, yeah. So we went to. She's been telling me about this podcast. Uh, called I want to say it's called Moth, and it's about people who like tell stories, Mm. and. They tell them around the nation, and some of these stories have, I guess, are real. Apparently, all the stories are real, but they had a live show, and we went to it Wednesday night, 
And it was actually really amazing. It was really fun. We walked in. They asked if one of us wanted to tell a story. But I feel like the people for the live shows are either writers or actors. Mm. And because when they went on stage, is they had to get selected. And it was like maybe 20 people that kind of put their names in this little basket or what have you, a backpack, and they were selecting. So it was random selection. But when the person got on stage it was seemed like spoken word like no one fumbled over their words it was everyone was telling the story but they were built and they were being a, a good storyteller like from giving you the beginning and a minute and, and the high notes and the end mm. so i was like after the second person went up i said oh this is not just amateur shit like this is some people who have practiced monologues and have been doing this or writers and actors and and so i think it'd be a good thing for us to go to the next time because i think like you and other people that we know would really like this mm. um especially people who we know who are actors and into the industry and who maybe want to be curious about to even possibly do this themselves you know so that was fun but we did that had cocktails had dinner and then we went to a karaoke bar had some more fun it was just a great time like her she is my person like you know Grey's Anatomy how mm-hmm. we had Meredith and um, Meredith and the original her person uh, Sandra Cho I can't think of her character Sandra name. Oh, yeah, yeah Sandra oh. But how, you know, they were like each other's person. Like, this is like that person for me, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, she was, was it Christina? She know where the bodies are buried, and I know her secrets too. So. Meredith and Christina. Meredith and Christina, yes. So, we definitely are like, you know, we have that bond. So, nice. it was fun that we haven't hung out because normally we'll like hang out just, um, <laughs> You ever have a friend like you can you can call last minute and be like, Hey, I'm in this area, which I ain't doing shit. Come come hang Absolutely. out with me. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not like I'm offended because you making me a last selection or a choice. It's like, all right, we're gonna drink it, let's go, let's go do that shit, you know? That's how our dynamic is when we normally hang out. So we, for us to have a planned date night or it's like that don't really happen. <laughs> so this was planned out. So it was fun. That's so was a good thing, yeah. That's and exciting. New experiences are always good. Yeah, I came home and told you about the situation, about the place for the show that we went to. So I, I'm excited. I, I want us to check it out. I think you will love it. Friends, the podcast, other podcasts. Um, we don't typically promote other podcasts on the show, but you know, check them out. So pay it forward. If we shout someone out, maybe someone will shot. Hello, shout us out. Come on, know? sponsorship because we need it. So yeah. <laughs> So, you want to tell the people what we did this past weekend? This past weekend was a pretty calm weekend for us. We, on Friday night, had a, um, I wouldn't necessarily say a date night, but we went out to our normal WeHo go-to spot. I don't want to shout it out too much because it's already (laughs) getting to a point where the demographic is changing, the capacity is changing, and I think it's at a good spot. So let's not let's not have it burst at the seams. But we went to our uh, normal go-to spot in WeHo and saw a friend, ran into a friend, right. uh, a couple people that we knew. Yeah, uh, it was a a pretty poppin' night. Enjoyed that, danced a little bit, drunk a little bit, and went for a late dinner to another spot that we really like to frequent. Uh, nothing major, and. Saturday, it was uh, family time between... Yeah, because of Brittany. Shout out to Brittany and her wife. They are expecting a child together. Beautiful time. Um, yeah, so this is their first together. I think her wife has 
two children or three prior to them being married. So, we did the baby shower. That was fun. Mm-hmm. We actually also, I think, well, I started low-key low doing some uh, summer cleaning the house. Like, I, you had, did your cleaning already in, like, yes. in the week earlier. <laughs> yeah, I was done. I was looking at you. I was like, do your thing. Because I cleaned, like, a few But, yeah, now. some of my shit was like, I was like, I'm... I started one thing and it just it just snowballed to a whole thing. I was like cleaning fucking uh, window sills and shit. Like it was just to that point, but it was good. It was needed. You know, I I do things in my own time in certain ways when I get tired of looking at shit. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was fun. Um, and then Sunday I worked and you and had self care day and you did you chilled out right? Yeah, it's chill. <laughs> Nothing to report here. <laughs> Nothing to report. And then my week was what I already talked about. Um, so very low key, very chill. Yes. So, um, so when our last episode aired, you guys know we record on Thursday nights. It's not a secret, unless we have a special night. There's some days we do actually record on Friday, mm-hmm. um, but there were far, far few in between. But when the podcast aired, um, we had received some news that this legend, living legend, he was a living legend, legend uh, had passed away. So we wanted to just pay our respects to Tony Bennett and his family. Um, he was 96, I want to yes, say. Yes, he was 96. 96, you know, he. there has been some decline with his health for the past few years and he was his wife decided to take him off the spotlight and different mm-hmm. things he was he was doing but i mean a wonderful career beautiful a, a, man a illustrious career yeah and he was doing monumental things up until the very end i mean the last few albums that he had were with lady gaga right so he definitely was able to stay relevant and culturally uh, important until the very end. So rest in peace. Rest in peace. And that's an amazing thing for you to do something that you love until literally you can't do it anymore. Until you can't do anything. Anymore. <laughs> you can't do anything anymore. It's it's you're, you're, due to dementia. I think he had dementia, but you don't even recognize who you are. Like, yeah. You know, um, it, 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 it's a it's a blessing to be able to do what you're good at, but also do what you love. Yes, that's the gotcha gotcha. Um, so yeah. So yeah. So we just want to pay our respects to mr bennett and his family and now you guys have been aware of this news story that had been holding all of us holding excuse me all of us captive um we reported it on it last week actually and to find out that she lied she's a lying liar who lies <laughs> it's such a fucking liar camille carly russell now last week we used words like allegedly there's no need to do that anymore uh her lawyer uh came out yes this past week with an official statement basically apologizing saying that she is sorry for making everything up there was no child there was no abduction there was no feeding her cheetos there was no woman (laughs) playing with her hair um it was all made up and to respect her and her family at this time and all of that jazz the only i'm sorry she has not released a personal statement herself okay. again everything that we've heard has been through her um lawyers and her team the only people to have released or only person to have released a direct statement has been her now ex-boyfriend oh 
and Plot twist. his sister. Uh, those have been the only two people that have spoke on anything. Well, what the fuck he say? Uh, basically, I ain't in it. Uh, basically, <laughs> leave me out of this. And he specifically said he found out the same way everyone else found out that it was a hoax. And uh, to continue to pray for her because she needs it. And that he is distancing himself. He specifically in his statements stated that she is his ex. <laughs> so uh, his name is Bennett and he ain't in it, in it. Which I wow. do not blame him for at all. To come up with such an elaborate scheme and to think that it... What I guess she thought maybe it wouldn't catch traction and it wouldn't conjure all these resources that people would oh, absolutely. find her. I said that last week. She didn't think this shit was yeah. going to catch fire. But it, it's just now it's to the point of, of you're a liar. You lied. So good luck on your next employment endeavors. I'm quite sure your employer probably... They, well, they can't really fire no, the they, they fired they, they, her. They her. They oh. fired her because oh, shit. they were... Um, when she was missing and immediately after, they were the ones, her company was the ones that put um, uh, money up for like any information. Like if you have any information or if you know about this, they were the ones that put up the money uh, for it. So they were invested in this as well. And after, she fucked up aggressively, and after you know, things started going south and people started questioning. People were, I think, like sending threats to the company or uh, bad reviews or something that the company had to distance themselves from her. And now that it came out that it's a hoax, they were like, okay, this bitch, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's a wrap. And so the the job, she lost the job. She lost the boyfriend. Um, she can't lose much else because she lived with lives with her parents. And I just want to know what was the reason. A lot of people have been speculating it was because her boyfriend was cheating and she wanted him to feel bad. Um, It was maybe the parents were threatening to kick her out and she wanted them to feel bad. There's a lot of speculation as to why she did this. Because, of course, if you're doing this, you want to incite an emotion. But the question is, from who? Is it from your parents? Is it from your boyfriend at the time? Is it from both parties? But you wanted people to feel a certain way about, you know, you potentially no longer being in their lives. Like, you want it to prompt a, a feeling. Yeah. It's, I just foresee, I don't know who her first interview will be with. Will it be Oprah? Will it be um, Good Morning America with Robert Williams? Like, I just want to know who is going to have the first interview and I need them to hit her with the hard hitting questions and to not let her back out of it because she had the world just concerned about her. So, um, but that's enough time for her. But I do (laughs) want to, I do want to say this. The important part about this is this situation should not affect us believing women, specifically black women in the future. Absolutely. This case has nothing to do with us in the future looking for women that are really missing. missing. Yes. I just Agreed. need to put that out there. Because a lot of people are like, no, no one's going to believe. No. <laughs> Let's not even put that into the atmosphere because people, for the most part, don't make shit up like this. Right. So to 
say that this is affecting, you know, future missing cases is a false narrative that we shouldn't even put out there. And don't come with no mental health shit because motherfuckers are that part. That. I don't want to hear that. I'm a mental health. I am a mental health professional, so don't come with the talking about. Oh, she has mental health challenge. No, 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 no. I agree with you. I am <laughs> tired of. I'm tired of people scapegoating a bunch of egregious behavior with mental illness yes. bitch if you just want attention or you, want you're attention. Just, you just want attention that's it that's it Say it doesn't it. mean mental illness no. bitch you just want attention no. you just didn't you're want to get kicked lonely, out you're mad you're you mad and your parents charging you rent and you yes. wanted to buck the system yes own it but do not try to scapegoat this on mental health yeah because we have enough challenges and stigma real challenges against people who really need the services and they're not receiving them because people have such a uh, specific opinion about that so and they're diluting the the pool like resources are going where they don't need to go yeah so um but speaking of people and mental health because some people may say this is a mental health issue actually this was a mental health um in the dsm-4 or dsm-3 homosexuality was in the dsm and it was perceived to be a mental health component which we now know that's not the case it's mm. just who you are born to be and so with that a lot of people have determined once they got once they reach a certain age in life that their bodies does not match their insides mm-hmm. okay so and what we're talking about is the term transgendered people okay yes. we all know trans people exist it's real this has been going on for centuries it's been happening um, we just now have the perfect word, and the word has became more popular in the past. I'll say, not even ten years, maybe six years. Yes. The transgender word has kind of been really on the horizon, but there has been a lot of conflict with. I hate this word, but now everyone, everyone's, everyone wants to have a label now, or because we have these different labels for people to be seen we now are labeling people who are biologically born and identify as the gender that they were born with cis right so now so i will be a, i will be a cisgendered male my husband will be a cisgendered male because he identifies as male he was born male mm. identifies as male okay so keep that in mind so i'm just using the appropriate words for um pc purposes okay um, so now cisgender women and transgendered women are having a conflict via Jess Hilarious, who is a TV personality, social media personality. And this all came about last week. And this has been going on the blogs for the past few days. So give a little context to the situation. So Jess Hilarious was on a podcast show and the host of the show asked her a question. It was like, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this stuff, so just, but there's a lot of context to it that was talked about. She asked her, like, what's the craziest DM you received, right? So Jess Hilarious talks about she had this one dude who wanted to fly her out and he wanted her to fuck him. And, but the gotcha gotcha was the gag was he thought Jess Hilarious was a transgendered woman so he thought that she was actually born a male and he was going to pay her a, a quite a nice penny to get fucked by her now Jess was like what the fuck like I'm not born I'm not a man sir never have been don't have a prostate none of that situation 
So then she goes to the point of saying she was completely offended by that. And but then it was a joke about, well, would you have had the sex with the man if, if you if you know you get a strap on? So she was like, of course I would do it for the money, right? So we all having a kiki with the whole situation. But Jess was like, she was really upset. She's really offended by the whole situation that he uh, he assumed she was a man. Okay, feel how you feel about it. That's what happened. Now, as a result of that incident, then we have Jess hilarious. No, T. S. Madison chimes in because there is a conversation that happens where T. S. Madison tweets, and she says that her tweet was about Jess Hilarious being mistaken as a transgendered man. So she was just responding to that. So T.S. Madison tweeted, there are so many, and she have in quotations, real women that get mistaken for being transgender women and that that's where a lot of the anger comes from. I do hope they take a good look at how transphobia affects all women. So to that tweet, Jess Hilarious sees this so she decides that she's going to do a live and she's going to tell T.S. and all of the trans girls out there how she feels about this situation. So I'm gonna, we're going to play a little clip of what she says because it's, it's viral. So she, she talks about it. So here we go. Who the fuck stands up for us? And us, I mean women, real women, biological women, women who were born with all the parts that you guys wish that you were. Um, when does the delusion stop? What is the difference between um, you and someone who has been um, diagnosed to be mentally insane? What's the, the only difference is you don't have a straight jacket on. Stop talking out your fucking ass. Wake up. How are you projecting your anger? On real women, because we are the gatekeepers. We are the gatekeepers for periods. We the only one that fucking bleed, honey. We the only ones that can give birth. We make y'all people. We make y'all. Y'all come from us. You can't be us. You will never. You're chasing something you'll never, ever get. You'll never be that. Like. So, that was just response to what T.S. Madison had tweeted about her. So then T.S. Madison goes, because this, 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 it gets deep with all the trans girls, because a lot of them start to come out the woodworks and start to have opinions about this. So T.S. Madison then says this. Okay. So the question that I have for you, husband. And the conversation, the topic is, why is there such a divide between trans women and I'm going to say the quote that said real women and biological women accepting trans women into the fold of womanhood, right? So because I'm looking at this and, and the comments that Jess Hilarious had, there were so many women who agreed with what Jess was saying. And, you know, with the gatekeepers and you would never have a period, you, you would never be a real woman. You're chasing this dream. And a lot of women were just going in on that. And I'm trying to understand that there was no disrespect that Ch that uh, T.S. Madison said about any cis women. She was just saying, like, you know, like 
transphobia could be real. And the fact that they kind of just, I guess, was joking about it. But my question to you is, why do you think there's such a divide between cisgendered, quote unquote, real women? And I'm saying, quote unquote, because that's a, the term that they were using. And yes. transgendered women. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just so multifaceted, multi-layered, and considering I'm neither a cis woman or a trans woman, I can't speak from experience. Just from my perspective on you know on the outside looking in, I I just it well one my question to Jess hilarious is. How do you have a career? One, you're just not that funny to me. But 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 seriously, what constitutes a real woman? Because there are many real women who cannot have period, who do not have periods, Correct. who cannot give birth. Correct. So if those are the two parameters that makes a woman real, are you t- saying that the women that can't, the women that were biologically birth as women they're not real are they defective are just are they are they fake right that's why i do believe in the the terms cisgendered and transgendered because whenever there is a new subcategory you know there has to be a label for it and if it's a label that differentiates itself from the origin then a new term for the origin has to be made because you have to look at it this way you know before there was a before it was just male and then homosexual male came okay to differ to differentiate a homosexual male from another male you had to have a heterosexual male because it's not a real male and a homosexual male so it's like whenever there's a new subcategory, the originator or wherever that sub came from has to be defined in its own rank. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with cisgendered. I don't have a problem with saying I'm a cisgendered male because I'm not a trans male. And I'm not going to say I'm a real male because what constitutes real being able to produce sperm okay what if i can't so does that make me not real no longer real and cisgender i just want to read the definition cisgender is a term that is used to describe people whose gender identity matches the sex they were assigned at birth that is the definition so you can either say cisgendered or assigned at birth i'd rather say cisgender because it's shorter but either way Either way, I think when we use the term real, it only, the only opposite to that is fake. And I think to say, you're a fake woman, you're a fake man, is offensive. Especially when, again, what is it that truly constitutes real versus fake? And I think that's where Jess really fell short. Now, I'm not taking away from her feeling offended because if you you know, being a woman, regardless cisgendered or transgendered, the, the 
you never want to be mistaken for a man. But let's keep it real. Jess is a hardcore looking woman. She's a hard face. She's a very. She's she, a, her, she has facial structure. Strong features. There are very strong features of a man. Her like, face has corners. Yes, yes. I get it. But at the same time, that doesn't mean that she should just be okay with being mistaken as man. No, I get that. But also has a deep voice also. Just but keep those things. But in her delivery, the way that I can see where. T.S. was prompted to kind of give her two cents because in Jess's delivery, it was an undertone of being a trans woman is less than or something offensive. That was the undertone in her statement, or at least how she presented it. She could have easily just said, I'm not a trans woman. That's it. I'm a cis woman, <laughs> or I, I am, I'm a woman. I was a, a woman assigned at birth. Case closed. Um, but of course, you know, she wanted to be funny with it, and she wanted to be a comedian, which is what she thinks she is, and more power to her. But when she doubled down after T.S.'s statement, that's where it's like, okay, there's clear transphobia within you. And to answer your question, where that beef comes from with certain women because i won't say all i'll just say with certain women because you mentioned it to me there were a lot of women in the comments of that post that agreed with just hilarious and aggressively like i'm real you're you'll never you'll never be us you would never you would never be a real woman you'll know what our cramps are like you just all continuously going down that rabbit hole of yeah the things that and that they would never do because biologically they don't have the equipment to do that. They and they are aware of that. But the thing is, <laughs> what she mentioned in her statement, she mentioned that they're uh, trans women are chasing something. What are they chasing? It is aggressively giving me Jews will not replace us. White guys with tiki torches saying that you know they don't want to be replaced by other races. It's like what, what. Are trans women doing that makes you think that they're chasing something or they're trying to be like you? They're just trying to live in their truth. They're not coming for your men because honestly, a lot of men that want them usually don't. Yeah, they come for them. They don't want you. And maybe that is it. Maybe, you know, it's indicative of, I don't know, you know, how some black women are angry when guys go with white women i don't know i don't know if it feels like it makes them feel like they're lacking something or it makes them feel like something is being taken away from them but honestly there's enough of everything for all of us to coexist harmoniously right because what turns you on doesn't turn me on what you eat doesn't make me shit right what you know you do doesn't affect me so why can't we all live in our truth and be who we are truly in peace without the judgment without the degradation without the you know turning your nose up at someone i i to answer your question my answer is i don't know what that what that what that beef is and what that issue is well and okay what do um, you think what do you think it is so I think it's it's a like you said it's a multifaceted type of layered situation. So, from one thing that a lot of the trans girls say, I've heard this before, even seen this before. 
being out is when a you know a guy and let's be very clear a lot of men who identify as straight they know what a transgender woman looks like a lot of them are very curious about them they're infatuated they they so they know they can clock a, a girl okay so a lot of times a lot of transgender women they'd say you know when a man's trying to approach them and talk to them there'll be a a woman cisgender if you want to say that that was like oh you know that's really a man right to just try to throw a dig or whatever i don't know to put embarrassment to say, just to be like don't get caught up and i will say a lot of for again the from the trans women who i know and the ones that see and everything they are very forthcoming about their transition and, and will let men know they're not trying to trick men just into thinking that there are they are biological women so i don't know if it's something with that um i i i just don't understand why they can't under they are they aren't welcoming into understanding transgender women honor women they you know emulate and they want to pay homage to them and 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 again yes wearing hair and makeup and looking the body type you know makes them appear to be a woman and I, i'm not gonna sit here and tell someone if you feel in your heart your hearts and your inside and inside you you were born into the wrong gender you have the right to be who the fuck you want to be you know absolutely like you said it's no one's business but um there's enough space in in that realms for everyone to resist case in point i'm a male cisgender male I don't have a problem with trans men. There's no, there's no, I have not seen any men have issue with transgendered men and say, I don't, oh, he's not a real man. He don't got no dick or I don't want him in the bathroom. Like there's not this divisiveness with, with men and trans men. Now, if, if you are, if there is some, please let me know or friends out there. If you guys have experienced that before. Please email us at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com and let us know your story because we would love to talk about it. But I want to know why is it that transgendered men don't have the same issue as transgender women? Like there's there's just something that's there. I don't know if the fear of maybe some women think that if you know a trans woman may look better than her or what have you, that the man would want them. I have no idea. I don't know. Well, see, that's a whole that's a whole different topic in itself because we live in a patriarchal society so anything male or male related is much more you know accepted especially in the black community i.e lesbians all uh studs legendarily have always been readily accepted right as opposed to a gay man regardless of uh being you know top bottom straight presenting feminine like anything related to femininity and i've said this before on this podcast has always been looked at as less than so i definitely think that that has a part to play yeah because i've seen many of of stud dudes stud um lesbians in the the department stores are wearing shit and i'm like I don't. I don't give a fuck. That yeah, you're not. You, will, I'm you not don't feel like they're coming for your bitches. No, because I don't know. want no bitch. Like we don't want the same fucking thing. But so. even straight guys don't like straight guys. Will have yeah. homies that are lesbians or studs or trans men 
and be cool with it. Oh, and it's no issue. And I'm not. And there, there are a lot of women also. That just to, to be fair, who do embrace transgender women. But oh, absolutely. There's just a few of these things now. And and again, this conversation had led to different other um, celebrity transgender women to chime in on this, like Angela Angela Ross, who played Candy on Angelica, Pol- yeah. Angelica Ross, who played. Uh, Candy on Poles, mm-hmm. um, Cherry Pop, who's a very famous uh, trans uh, sex worker, mm-hmm. um, who are coming out. Even Flame Monroe, um, who's a, a transgender comedian, and they have been talking about this ad nauseum, and it's going back and forth with the biological women, and just I'm just trying to see like how can how can you guys get to a common ground to understand it and exist in the cohesive place in happiness like a transgender woman knows she would never she can never be you she's not trying to be you she's just trying to live her life she's trying to live her life but also i'm trying to see well okay what is it that the cisgender woman is having an issue with is it because she was a man like even with the bathroom situation is it because like if you know she if she's identifying as a transgender woman she doesn't want any male characteristics. So anything, so so far as, like, if anything, you're if they're in the bathroom with you, I would think that you would be more protected because they're not trying to scope and, and peep out your lady parts. Like they don't, they're not trying to be rapists with you. You know what I'm saying? Not so, any more than a lesbian woman, right? That who looks, who presents, who, who presents stuff like or even feminine that may be checking you out. <laughs> so it's like that definitely probably is checking you out. So it, it it that's what I'm saying. It's just such a multifaceted conversation, and I would love, I would love for us to eventually one day have a cisgender woman on the pot to yeah. kind of pick their brain because I was we, that. Can only, we can we only we can only talk about it so much from male perspective. But it would we should and and you know <laughs> and um, we know a lot of cisgender. <laughs> we know a lot of women, um, but. Uh, Maybe bad on our part for this conversation, not having a cisgender woman here to kind of to tell us or give us some insight if they, you know, agree with just hilarious or they disagree with just hilarious. You know? Yes, yes, yes. And the thing is, this is a safe place for either side. Right. I just don't like the way from my personal beliefs, how it felt that Jess punched down in her initial statement but also the one immediately after T.S. Madison where she you know said that trans women are are chasing something they will never be something that they're not trying to be they're trying to be trans women they are trans women there aren't trans women out there that are saying no I'm a real woman nope just a woman drop the trans like all of the trans women that I've known personally celebrity wise they've always been very forthcoming i am a trans woman right they lead with that they lead with that they don't say i'm a woman i'm a real woman and you know trans i don't identify no they're just trying to live their life and be who they always felt that they are right they're not trying to come for your husbands. They're not trying to come for your uncles. Now They're some may. Now to, some some are grimy. So you got grimy bitches in, in all categories of life. So let's be. Uh, yeah, I mean, so some may try to come for your husband. Okay? There's so grimy gay it. guys. There's grimy straight yeah, guys. Yeah, everybody's yeah, grimy. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're not trying to like come for your uterus. 
Like, I have not seen any studies of trans women trying to, you know, develop <laughs> fallopian tubes. Like, they're not Black trying to. Of, yeah, they're not trying to. I haven't seen yeah. any stories of women waking up and, like, their hysterectomy has happened. Yeah, like, oh my gosh, how No. So, it's like, what do you think that they're coming for? Nothing. Okay, you're delusional. Perfect. Yeah, I, I think for me it was the delusional part that she she mentioned that you know you're delusional and like you said chasing the uh, chasing something you would never attain to is like they're not trying to do that but you know friends tell us what you think about this topic um go to our IG page if you have any comments or questions and concerns about it leave a comment there if you don't feel comfortable leaving a comment there you can always email us at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com let us know your thoughts about this I feel like We'll put a pin in this conversation right now, but this yes. conversation needs to definitely continue happening because if until we have until we hash things out, we would never f- completely understand. And I think it's important because these two worlds exist together. We all live on this planet together. Yes. And so instead of doing things that divide us, why not bring something that unifies us together? Absolutely. And talk about these things and get an understanding because a lot of time it's fear. And, and that fear it. can cause, fear cause bigotry, fear cause racism, fear cause a lot of things. But once you face that fear, then you don't have it no more. And, and even if I I listen to you, I may not, I may not understand your situation but i can at least respect it as a human and as a person and agree to disagree to a point but at least let me hear you out because i feel like once you talk to someone hear their personal story and really see their soul you have to harden out your heart if you don't you just you just a a horrible person in my personal belief like Mm. you know so we can agree to disagree but you also have to be able to understand someone's story you know absolutely everything is valid except for hate yeah that's what i live by so 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 yeah so that was a lot that was a lot (laughs) you want to bring some levity up in this bitch (laughs) but i felt is and i we had talked about this you know uh prior to the podcast but i was like i really want to have this conversation and again you know um our bad you know for us to not have actual maybe a trans representative and also a woman representative here to really give their perspective on on firsthand with this but you know i just felt like it was on the timelines at least my timeline a lot on Mm. every gay fucking social media no it was on my it was on my timeline a lot so much so that i i kind of disassociated because i was like okay this person has a comment now this person has a comment now okay this person has a comment now i was like it's too much all at once so i kind of like stepped back from it um but yeah this is a conversation that definitely needs to happen because in that you know acronym <laughs> all them letters uh <laughs> alphabet soup That's yeah the alphabet the the alphabet soup the queer alphabet soup uh t is in there as well so we yeah. have to be as vocal for that letter as we are for all of the others we do we have to because and, we are and, all in this together understanding you know yes. so um, with that being said, we're going to, you know, take a hard pivot <laughs> talk about someone's financial situation. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Peter Thompson of previous, uh, previously known as Patricia. Um, he was a sixth cast member of Real Housewives of Atlanta. 
If there was ever a husband <laughs> that deserved a diamond, a peach, an apple, a fucking black dress, shout out to Jersey, it is Peter D. Thompson. Peter Thompson, baby. As, as Lenithia Lee called him Patricia because, you know, he was married to Cynthia Bailey and he was always in a woman's mess. But he has a mess of his own to clean up because apparently bar one, Charlotte, Miami, all of them are having conflict where it's no longer open. Um, are they all closed? Miami's still open, but Charlotte is closed. Like they're he's not playing. He's not paying his employees. Allegedly, uh, our source being the shade room, their investigative reporter. Um, that he hasn't paid his employees for months and that there's liens on these properties. It's a lot of mess. And I'm just trying to figure out how did Peter get to this place? Like he's, Cynthia say he was successful. A lot of people mentioned he was successful with business and restaurants because he has an eye for this type of thing. But you're not paying your employees and you're not paying your bills. You're not paying. And I guess because watching Bear, <laughs> watching the Bear uh, on FX. Now on FX, now we have insights to like the backside of the restaurant business. So kind of knowing some insights. So it's like, you're not paying your vendors. You're not paying this bill. Like, girl, what you doing? You're not paying your chefs. Uh, thank yeah, you, what's chef. what's happening? Yeah. But I mean, to push against that, hasn't Peter always been in this place? Literally, when he was on Atlanta Housewives, wasn't that a part of the storyline? Yeah. Cynthia being stressed out that she had to put the bill on everything, all his pipe dreams, all his visions. She was like, Ugh. <laughs> like I'm getting tired of the shit. Like I think that's always been Peter, well, and I think that he's been no pun intended robbing Peter to pay Paul for <laughs> decades now. He definitely has. He's charming. He has the gift for gap yes. and usually people that have those two things lack the logistics of the ins and outs and the specifics on fine tuning things mm -hmm. um, to keep things afloat. So, yeah, I'm sure he's always able to get like loans and, you know, convince someone to go in half or be a business partner. But when push comes to shove, because didn't he have. A place in Atlanta that closed down, like on the show. Well, yeah, bar one he opened with Atlanta. They had the beautiful image of Cynthia with the afro. That I guess it's just, I remember afro. that. Uh -huh. Oh, classic. I wonder where that is. Oh, that's artwork. I want to buy that shit. It was that it was artwork. such artwork. Um, but yeah, you know, we just had to report about Peter because I mean, you know, he's in the news and on these pod on these platforms and. We want black men to do good business, but sometimes you just have to hang it up. You just have to be good at business. <laughs> That's the caveat. Business and to have a good business, think, you got to be good at business. Yeah, I don't, and think, I don't he think he needs to find another hustle because or another sugar mama. He needs to find another <laughs> uh, uh, supermodel because it's not working. It's not working. But to keep this Atlanta train going, who sat down with Carlos King, babe, and had a eye-opening interview so this past week nene leaks sat down in her first official interview in years uh she sat down with carlos king um who has his own podcast and he is a former producer on the real housewives of atlanta he was the producer during its heyday when the show saw over five billion viewers Wow. It currently sees a little bit less than one million now. So quite the fall from grace. 
But she sat down with him and discussed her legacy. Uh, essentially discussed how times were in the beginning with her, uh, Sheree and Kim, how she feels about the girls now that are currently on the lineup. And most recently, her eldest son's uh, legal troubles. And, you know, shared with everyone that he is battling addiction and he has been battling addiction and she has foot the bill for him to go into rehab before she stated that she's so numb to the situation now that him relapsing or him going to jail or him having legal troubles is it's it's nothing new it's new to us as you know headlines really? are happening but she said it's nothing that she hasn't experienced before and that her boyfriend that she had I forget his name but he was the white guy the really rich white guy that she dated after uh, she broke up with her husband Greg but before she remarried Greg mm -hmm. uh, he bought her like a Rolex or something right, 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 right. he actually called and offered to put Bryson Bryson yes put Bryson through rehab and he was going to fit the entire bill oh wow so she shared that she was going to take him up on that offer uh, she's still in. She's, she's still in communication with him. Um, but other than that, the only everything that she mentioned in this eighty-minute interview was all statements that she said before that she feels like you know the Real Housewives of Atlanta is a house that she made that she kind of cultivated. Um, she felt that the true stars of that show was her and Kim. She felt uh, she's never been threatened by any other female cast member on the Lies. show uh, ever. Um, past, present, and future. She feels that the other cast members have been uh, at times threatened by her. It really is that, you know, she is aggressively still the Nini from the pa from the last two seasons that we saw her. The kind the the Nini that was you know slightly angry, slightly bitter, uh, slightly felt that everyone was indebted to her, and it is sad to see because the world's moved on. The world has moved on. <laughs> she has been unable to pivot, and she's just angry about it. Yeah, I want to know what his his substance of choice is. Her son Bryson. Did she mention? She did not mention that. No. Okay. So um, now the uh, interview was left on a cliffhanger where Carlos asked her why did she feel that it was necessary to sue Bravo and to sue Andy Cohen. So we'll find out next week uh, her answers to that. Now that is what I would really love to to know and to figure out because. To be, for all intents and purposes, Nini was, from the outside looking in, as a viewer of all franchises from the very beginning, OC, Holler, Nini was the favorite housewife of all time. Nini was also the most popular and the most famous housewife of all time. True. Like, there's no, yes. like there's, there's no, like, there's no arguing yes, about, no, that. about that. Yes. Like, you can say Bethany, but Bethany got popular because she made millions from a business endeavor. Um, Lisa Vanderpump became popular because of 
so many other things but when it came to specifically housewife related reality television yeah, and no, entertainment she was the first, purposes she was the first one. nini there has never been a star that shined brighter than Nene. There was, there's never been a housewife in history that was able to flip a prime time scripted television show to go to the Emmys. Like there's never been another housewife to do that in the entertainment field. Yeah. Yes, there's been housewives that have flipped businesses and done things and got their coin up in that way. But there's been no other housewife to really jump off in the entertainment business. No, she definitely took has. advantage of the her opportunities that were there, but also I feel like she also was shuckling and driving to get those opportunities and was playing to that part of angry black sassy black, black woman. sassy woman. And you know, um so she played that part well that didn't have a problem with it. She was laughing to the bank, you know, with that, but uh, clearly I guess um well, let me not count people coins, child. So I'm going to leave that comment alone. But, uh, well, I'm glad that she is able to talk and acknowledge that her son is having some challenges and understands. I hope she understands that it's a disease and he's having challenges and he gets the, a proper support that he needs with that. Um, you know, I just, I, I always, I've always found issue with. Lenithia leaks. Um, yeah, she's fun for a kiki, but also, I don't think she loved herself. I don't think that she. I feel like she wasn't. I just feel like she just. She's completely changed. She is the epitome of what fame hits you when you get a little coin in your pocket and people change and mm -hmm. be something that you completely aren't. She's, she epitomizes that to me. Um, I mean, again, put up her regular, her original God-given birth face, her cis face, her cis, cis face to this face. transgender face she has now, because she's a transgendered uh, snuffleupagus. Like she's completely a different person in appearance. So, you know, but well, good for her. So we'll see what happens next week, right? On their on yeah, this podcast, it will, it will give you both to. On, yeah. on that one but moving on to some other news uh back to queer news because this we're, is we're a podcast a queer podcast the uh show we're here on hbo has been renewed for season four but with that it has been major shakeups on the, the show as this is a drag queen show essentially like the uh fab five queer eye for the straight guy but drag queens going to small towns and making people over and making people feel fabulous now right. the first three seasons we saw bob the drag queen eureka o'hara and shangela be the three drag queens to head the show and kind of go to these different locations big names big personalities and three different queens who have a uniqueness to make you feel special okay absolutely and for this fourth season, they got rid of all of them. So for I have a theory about that, but I'll let you finish. The new hosts are Sasha Valor, winner of I believe season nine, Priyanka, winner of Drag Race Canada season one, and Jada Essence Hall, winner of I believe season eleven 
or 12 don't quote me it's somewhere up in there so these three queens are replacing uh the previous queens uh one notable it, uh, about it is all three of them are winners where with the old cast only bob was a winning uh, a title winning uh drag queen on the show so how do you feel about this change in the shakeup? So and one, what is your theory? So one, we never watched the show. Or at least I can say it myself. I maybe watched one or two episodes, but never watched the entire series. That's one or two years. more than me. Okay. So, but I knew it was a, it was a very um, it was you got the feeling of just like um, how was it home makeovers on the extreme ABC, makeovers extreme makeovers like move that bus like people got you got happy and cheer for the people yeah like, it was very good, much given 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 that type of tea for the show right but just with queerness and people accepting people who they are so you got that type of feels so it's like okay I get it it's not nothing that I want to watch on a continuous basis so never tuned in all the way my theory is because Shangela has this alleged sexual uh court case pending with mm-hmm. her and a prior a formal assistant yeah we talked about it on the pod a we few talked about the past a few a few episodes ago um so i think one because shandler still has been working she's still been booked and busy especially prior season she was out there and she was acting like baby fuck that allegations this shit's not real and she's continue on doing what she's doing but i think maybe that has something to do with the shakeup just honestly thinking about it because Sasha Velour, who? Well, is, Sasha, I, I said that I said that <laughs> facetiously, but also say that being really because we haven't seen shit from Sasha Velour since she pulled the roses out her fucking head, the wig. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the last we seen of Sasha Velour. Um, Priyanka, we saw that whole. Canada, enough said. We saw that bitch at uh, Shea Coulee's performance, and she was doing 15 songs like it was her own concert. Concert. So, and then Jada as a whole, I love Jada, but Jada's not enough personality to carry a show to transform people. I feel like we love Jada. We saw who Jada really was, and um, it was the All Star season seven. Yes, we really came to love her, and she came into her own because we weren't able to see. I think it was season she won season twelve. That was the COVID season where she yes. had to, you know, they did the final lip sync in their living room in Zo- on a Zoom call, yeah. right? So, you know, and we saw her when we um, they had a drag show, drive-in drag show, we know and everything. Uh-huh. So these names, I feel like it's the show got renewed, great, but now you're at a tier lower of celebrity personalities probably gay liberty level of booking shows like if you took bob's name eureka's name and shangela you're gonna get each one of them girls can could pull easily two thousand people to the club easily to pull two thousand to the club right put sasha priyanka and jada you're not you make it 500 to the club (laughs) not 500 so i will say Sasha has, I don't know if it's deliberately uh, or intentionally, but she has distanced herself from the drag race machine, right? Like you don't see her doing any of the tours, 
uh, the other of uh, the RuPaul Drag Race queens do. She's done her own thing. Like she has, because I follow her. She has been consistently touring, but it's all been all her own independent, very New York thing. Okay. Um, so she has been. So she's she has her been, money to herself. Maybe. Yes, she has been consistently busy. So I don't know. And you know, we're here is not affiliated with world of wonder or rupaul or anything like that so i don't know if that's why she's like okay this is cool for me but she has consciously <laughs> tried to distance herself why i don't know um but i agree with you personality wise i don't want to take anything away from these queens because all three of them are actual title holders um which eureka and shangela can't say but eureka and Shangela and Bob are much are way bigger personalities. But being way a bigger doesn't mean anything because again, Sasha shouldn't be one. It should have been Shay. It's just you pull again. You pulled out roses on the Whitney Houston song. I mean, and that then was fair. Priyanka, like it was Canada. It's Canada drag race. No one was watching that shit. But <laughs> so you know, I, again, and Shangela should have won. Like you know, but either way, we're happy the show is renewed. Friends out there, watch the show. And tell us about season. it because clearly we have. We may, we we may, I'll, I'll tune into one episode, maybe two, to see what the girls doing. But, All right. No. Well, that's we're here now. Uh, we're gonna make another aggressive pivot, <laughs> and we're not gonna stay on this long because I don't want this to no, be this, a depressing no, 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 podcast. No, this is a queer podcast. No. So, do you want to share with us our next topic? Yeah. So we have some sad news to report, and it's just it really is disheartening when I saw this come across my timeline. That um, one of our faves, she is a LGBTQIA advocate. She is for the children because all of her vernacular comes from us. And she will, the house down boots, she, she is a gay man in a woman's body. But Quad, from Married to Medicine, unfortunately, Quad Webb, um, there was a drowning that happened at her home in Atlanta. A three year old little girl drowned on july 7th and we just want to give thoughts and prayers to quad the family the family of the minor who was lost who lost her life and it was um the minor was found in the pool mm. um so and they thought that it was a doll floating in the pool and it was actually the little girl so Ugh. um you know we just want to send your thoughts and prayers to again to quad her family because i can only imagine well, I can't even. I'm not gonna say I can imagine. I've I've lived a life with that. I had a cousin who had ish who had an injury in the pool, and she became paraplegic. And you know, it's it's an unfortunate situation. Um, luckily, she she's passed now, but she she didn't pass as a child when the incident happened. Um, so, but just keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Um, but, but we just you know, we want to just. Send love and light and positivity to to the family for that. So, um, we're taking a really hard period this this episode. Like the cohesive, you're getting whiplash. Listen, it's, yeah. it's fucking going back yeah, and forth. It's going back like, and forth. Oh my neck! I think it's because you know I'm I'm yeah I'm I don't know my brain was like let's I this it's and then was like oh that doesn't really work but hey we're gonna make we're gonna make this work because you what people don't know you do the outline of like what the show, sequence yeah, was, yeah. where the topics are going to be in. and it was it was 
good, but I just I guess I didn't realize <laughs> like, till it was till it wasn't. Right. <laughs> now realize. we're gonna talk about death. Ever. Well, damn, like this is kind of sad. I should have talked about this at the top of the hour. And for the next know. topic, we're gonna talk about dildos <laughs> and hand jobs. Right, right. So, but no. So this next topic, we're gonna talk about something that um, has been a trend that's been trending, and Harry Styles has been affected by it. Uh, Beyonce has been affected by it. Taylor Swift. Anita and Baker. Research. And even Anita Baker. Hell, Janet Jackson. Well, no, they didn't, they didn't do Queen Janet like this. But the most recent star they did like this was Monica. I know people like to call her Gunica, but don't come from my girl. But why? So our question is our segment for Have You Ever Wonder Why? So I was leading up to that. So have you ever wondered why people are misbehaving at concerts nowadays? So, this past weekend, Monica was in Detroit, and she was at a festival, and a man allegedly hit a woman in the crowd, and Monica stopped the show, and then addressed the situation on stage, and then hopped down to go fuck a nigga up. And said, get this nigga out of here. (laughs) And she was, you know, and so, if you guys haven't checked it out, go to any social media platform and pull up Monica's name. I'm quite sure the story will come out, but what we've come to find out is... Apparently, a man and woman, I don't know if they were together or they were just uh, strangers, but there was conflict where the woman was grabbing the man, because I did see the video. She was, they were like in tussle, and then she hit him, mm-hmm. and as a result, he hit her back. Mm-hmm. But And so, I don't know if Monica saw that, but she did say, you don't hit a woman like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, two wrongs. But this is something I always told my younger female cousins. I said, and we and my other male cousin told him this also because I have a very, I come, there's like most more men in my family than, than females, but than women. But we always told them, don't ever hit a man. Don't hit a man first because he will hit you back. There are men who are out there, and we can't protect that. Like we can, we can if he if he hits you and you didn't hit him, we can defend that. But if you hit him, that's harder to defend because you shouldn't put your hands on the man because some men don't give a fuck if you're a woman or not, right? So, I don't, I'm not saying that man was right in his actions of doing that, but it's like, well, was he defending himself? Uh, there was another angle that I think I saw on Shade Room. One of those, one of those fucking blogs, like you said, you can look it up and, and figure it out. But while she did throw the punch first, he was grabbing on her. Listen, I, I, they, they, were, they were tussling before. I don't know what happened him, before. Yeah. Like, I don't know if whatever happened, if the, if she grabbed him, but they were tussling first. It was no punches thrown, but then she did hit him in the head. No, yeah, because he was he was grabbing. He was grabbing her. Listen, the, 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 con- both, the first right, they both were grabbing each other. So, I don't, so, okay, so let me, let's break this down. So the video that you seen, mm. did he grab her first and then she grabbed him? Because the video that I saw, they both were grabbing each other. He grabbed her first. She grabbed him. Okay. And then to make him stop grabbing. She to, hit him. Yes. To Got loosen okay. his grip. She hit him. And Got then it. that's when he retaliated okay. on her. Okay. But yeah, I mean, he either way. He shouldn't have grabbed her. If you don't know her, you should have grabbed her, period. Either way, to go back to your initial, have you ever wondered why? Just why do this at concerts? You pay money. Like, you're there, you pay money to be there. Yes. You pay money, sometimes a lot of money. And honestly, right now, the way concerts and tours are it's always going to be a lot of money because it concerts are that's a 
different have you ever wondered why but concerts are just too damn expensive now yes so you pay money to get kicked out of somewhere like when i'm at a concert and we go to numerous concerts in a year i can't imagine going there and acting a fucking fool and getting escorted out because you don't get refund no it's not like okay get out your refund will be in your bank account in seven to ten business days (laughs) no it's just get the fuck out so it's like, why? And see, I can understand that someone bumps into your steps on your toes, but I feel like also when you're in a crowded space like that, we all know moving through, going through concerts, moving through the, the space of the venue, people bump into you or whatever. It's, and my thing is acknowledge, just say, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, or I didn't mean that. Or if it happens to you, hopefully you will hopefully think the person who did it to you would apologize. But also, if you are high, or inebriated, I can understand how maybe your your sense of decorum is not there, and so you want to just pop the fuck off, right? Mm. So I can kind of see some of that, but just keeping calm. But then also, human nature is to be primitive and be primal, and especially if you have things in your system <laughs> that are altering your reality, like you're gonna just go with your instinct. So. That could be the reason why. So, but who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But just stop the shit because you're paying too much money, and and other people are paying too much money yes, to see you fuck up with their experiences. Because yeah. I'm saying, let me tell you something. Uh, August 11th, if someone fuck up our experience in Atlanta seeing Beyonce, it's gonna be a problem. Can we pay too much fucking money for them tickets? Yes. So agree. But friends, right now we're about to take a break, but we want you to remember to go to our YouTube channel and like and subscribe to that because we're going to have some things coming up on that. So right now we'll take a break and we'll come back with the reality roundup. BRB. All right, we're back with the reality roundup. And for our first show, we are going to start with RuPaul's Drag Race. Now we this didn't talk about beginning. we didn't talk about it last week because we realized that by the time the episode aired, you would have already known who the winner was. So <laughs> speaking about the episode before that would have been pretty uh, fucking useless. So right. we figured we can talk about the last two episodes this week because it wasn't much happening in either we have our final two which is something that the show hasn't done since like the third season and for a good reason because with only two queens left in the workroom it's pretty fucking boring (laughs) we had candy muse and jimbo while they both are very big personalities there's only so much that you can do and say and seeing them pretend to be competitive but also be like really close and best friends only goes so far right. so rue brings all of the other girls back from the season because you know they were always there, there doing the, the hotel, games. Right they were at the hotel <laughs> so rue just sent over a sprinter van and was like bring these bitches back because we have another hour and a half of content that we need to film. Right. Like side note, inside the training information, friends. Um, if you are, if you guys are drag race friends, just some insider scoop. Um, they filmed this shit in like two weeks. Well, <laughs> so, not literally. Uh, 
but it's not. It's it's they literally when they say oh you know next oh last week it was like the next day so like yeah, they literally film like continuously for two to three weeks and each day is a new day in the workroom so yeah like it like every other day is what they would consider a new week like yes. last week when we talked about it has been really a week like these girls aren't on location for like 10 weeks no it, they're there it, for that, like three weeks that doesn't happen but uh the the second to the last episode was the fame games yes where all of the girls came back and did a talent show uh to kind of plead their case as to why they should be voted for in the fame games and we saw everyone's performance did you have any notable standouts that really touched your heart of course the la la re experience Lalari was, in my opinion, the best. Lalari and, and and Katana, um, Kahana, my Kahana, Kahana Matrice. Um, she had a, her uh, her performance, her cheer routine. Maybe because I'm a former cheerleader. Shout out to my squads. Um, but maybe because of that, I had um, affection for her. But hers was really good as well. Kahana. Kahana's was really yeah, good. Kahana yeah, Kahana and Lala got my vote. I yeah. actually went and voted. So did I. How many votes did you give to Lala and Kahana? So everyone was allowed 10 votes. And I want to say I gave majority to Lala. I think I gave like 7 to Lala and the rest to Kahana. Shut the fuck up. So did I. Oh, there you Look go. Look at this. Yeah. So everybody's performances were good to great. Yeah, funny enough, there was one performance that has gone absolutely viral, uh, and it is, I, it is pure irony because the performance was not great. Not a soul could clock. Monica Beverly Hills. Everyone is talking about it. Are you serious? Being like that, daddy. <laughs> yes, it is. The song has gone viral. People are saying, "Wow, she is iconic." Really, and it really. The performance, if you think about it, really gave that Mariah Carey, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this energy. Like it was, if you had to give it a score from one to 10 on like the energy level, it was about a negative two. She truly didn't she hit walked. the points. Yeah. She walked. She barely lip synced. There was no expression on the face. And it was so bad that it turned, it came around 360 to being good. Like That's really so sitting with it now, the, I because you know I listen to several uh, podcasts that review the actual episode. Everyone is raving about it because uh, it, it, and not saying That's that funny, and not raving about it because it was good, but raving about it because it was just so bad. It is iconic. Good, yeah, yeah, it, it is in the lexicon now. I, I I truly believe that it's going to be a Miss Vanjie like. The show will reference that her like performance in future seasons. Not a silk clock. Not a silk wow. clock. Um, but the winners of the fame game. Not yeah, not necessarily the fame game. Oh, the competition. The, the, the winner of the competition, yeah. uh, RuPaul picked two. It came down to, of course, Lala Ree and James Mansfield. James Mansfield. Those were, in Rue's opinion, the top performers of the night. I kind of disagree with James, but sure, go off, Queen. <laughs> James was awarded a two 
uh, two well, no, time. they had a will. So the will that they had, so where it was like you have two winners. So they can they had Bruno, the sexy man, spin the wheel, and the wheel had two times, three times, or five times. And so mm-hmm. whatever you landed on, that would multiply your votes from the fans. So James got two, two times. And Lala got three. Yes. And Lala eventually won the fame games when we found out on the final episode this past week. Right, which it it was only deserving for Lala to be it absolutely was only the fame game winner. Like, she uh, won $60,000. Now, they always try to pretend that the fame games was based on your looks and the runways that you showed after you were eliminated. But we all know it was just a fan favorite. Miss it's Congeniality. It's just a different, different In a different word. outfit. Yeah. And Miss Congeniality in a different outfit. That's it. And Miss Lala Reed is, of course, the most congenial. Now, we have our actual top two, Candy Muse and Jimbo. That's right. Friday, we were supposed to go see that bitch, Lala, and we showed up too late because it was our, she was done. Yes, Mickey. that's what it was. We were going to WeHo <laughs> for Mickey's to see Lala, but she the meet and greet was at six and we got there at like nine <laughs> we got there at like 10 it was like where's lala um uh, lala pulled the wig off and yeah, got in the uber by the time we got there but the final two actual contestants of all stars came down to like i was saying um candy muse jimbo and spoiler alert the winner of all star season eight went to Jimbo, Jimbo. as it was written so <laughs> as it shall it, be it's show it shall be from episode one episode listen there is no and we watch a lot of drag shit we go to a lot of drag shows we've seen a lot of the creatives but when I tell you that there is no one who has a mind like Jimbo's ever that I've seen She's about to have a tour that starts next year. I want to get tickets. And it's like, I'm down. it's for 2024. And she has an entire show lined up for her North American tour. And even her commercial is funny as fuck. Like, her brain is on some other type of shit. And I'm here for the experience. I'm here for all the clownery of it all. And I think she's the people's choice. And she's a Canadian queen. And, you know, hey, I'm okay, I'm okay with a Canadian being probably one of the best drag queens that RuPaul had, drag race has ever seen. I'm fine with it, too, because I'm the okay talent, like you said, the talent's there, regardless of where the she's from. There. The talent is there, baby. There's and it's no like, how do you, the concepts, the idea, every time she's outdoing herself, Every time you saw her on the stage, she did some new, something new and fresh. She just always captivated you, and you was like, "What happened in your life that made you think this way?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's literally that type of behavior. Like, did you have? Did people love you? But they loved you because you were a loving person. Mm-hmm. But it's like your mind is so twisted, and it comes up with concepts that are hilarious. And that make a lot of fucking sense. Yeah. To me, if you look at the Queen's Court of America, I don't think about any of the other countries because uh, I just don't have the strength. But if you think about all of the winners of America, all stars and regular seasons, because they all group them together when they have like the big shot okay. or the big photo. 
uh, Jimbo is easily in my top five. Easily, top easily five. in my top five. I would love for us maybe when the regular season comes back or whatever, because I know we won't remember for next week. But out of Ooh. all the winners, to I You're have us list our, our okay, top five of the queen. I mean, all of the America winners again, because I don't care about Venezuela, or Portugal, or fucking. We don't France. care because we don't watch this shows. We yeah, we now don't. it's too one, much. Now it's there's much. one. Dra- Listen, baby, Drag Race Thailand. <laughs> baby if you haven't seen drag race thailand you are missing your entire fucking life them bitches go yeah. the innovation is there oh my baby. god and the realness yeah. of looking about real fish yeah looking like a real fish so but that was rupaul so we mm-hmm. are happy for jimbo and miss lala re the experience to be winners of season eight all-stars so now we're going to get into Real Housewives of New York. So, Roni, second episode, we see these broths. They hightail it to Aaron's Hampton's house. And she has caviar for these ungrateful heifers. And they would rather go to a store down the street than have her caviar. Now, I will say, upon first initial readings Aaron was not my favorite and even last week I labeled her as like the mean girl or you know the villain of the season because she just gives off that vibe this week second episode I got another hour to sit with these bitches my opinion has changed I actually dislike the way that they are all bullying Aaron I feel it I feel that it is bullying because they are at this point they're just Picking on random things associated with her. Like the fact that you, you know, are talking about, you're bringing toilet paper to someone else's house and assuming that they don't have the right toilet paper. You're talking shit about their snacks that they're providing and saying that's not good enough. You haven't been at the house for 30 minutes. You're like, I need to go to the grocery store. Like, I, in the, the week prior, it was the cheese situation and not wanting to go to the restaurant, not wanting to go to catch that she was at. I don't know. It's just like, okay, what is everyone's beef? Or not everyone, but what is a few of the women's beef with Aaron? Because I'm not seeing it. What I am seeing is her, she has a really try hard energy, which I can see how it, it can be annoying at times, but I don't see why you need to pick see, on her for I don't see try hard. So let's, let's back. I want to back this bus up a little bit because we see that in the first couple of scenes that they're going to Aaron's house, but who is it? Sai gets picked up by Umba. No, yes. um- she got, no, she got picked up by was it Umba first or was the other one Giselle? I think Sai got picked up. No, was, it was Umba and Sai uh, first, and then they picked and up then Giselle. Giselle okay. and they were like, "You won't guess how much right. stuff Sai has." Sai fucking came down with nineteen garment fucking bags, and uh, okay, I'm exaggerating. She had at least eight garment bags, and then like three. Big ass luggage of suitcase for a three day fucking trip. And that's a weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three day trip. I'm going on a fucking three day trip, four days. I'm taking one carry on. This bitch had 15 bags of luggage. And it's the Hamptons in the off season. Y'all ain't it's going nowhere. Y'all staying in the house. And to my point, that made my perspective of side change this week and made me not like her or like her 
dramatically less because I just feel like she, as a content creator, because that's what she says every five fucking minutes, I feel like she's too aware of what she's doing. I feel like the garment bags was literally just to have a moment. A stunt. Exactly. Ooh, this is going to be good for TV. Stunts and shows, baby. Usually when people try to do things good for TV, it's never good for TV because it's just like, okay, you're really trying to make moments where I feel like Erin is trying hard to make the girls like her and trying hard to get that Queen Bee approval. I feel like Psy is just trying hard to make herself relevant. Well, see, I feel like Erin is just like, let me be a good hostess. Like, what can I do to make these bitches feel comfortable and feel expensive and feel you can be a bougie shelf? So, the course... Of course, what type of food would you offer someone that is elegant and is is expensive? Caviar. So the fact that you have you have, I don't know the the appropriate titles: caviar connoisseurs or caviar, um, suladudus, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was making up name. <laughs> caviar suladudus. Um, to come and and she had caviar experts come out, set up the caviar. Put the caviar out. They paired it with different things. Made it look very beautiful and pretty. And these heifers came in like, what the fuck is this? Like, now caviar on a Pringle, I need to try that. Because apparently that's some good shit. But we also know Wendy Williams loved caviar and Doritos. Mm-hmm. So, I can only imagine the taste of caviar on a Pringle. Like, I need to have that in my life. Yeah. And I'm sorry, if one of my friends... I went to their house and they had caviar laid the fuck out. I'm here for it. I'm Thank you in. so much. I, we've, what do I need to give you? We've had caviar before and it's fabulous. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's it's amazing. great. Um, so I think that they were just going against it again to just have something to do. To just yeah. go now against. Now you bring it. Also, she brought in Charmin toilet paper or whatever. It's like, come on now. Like, you are doing extra shit yeah, to be fucking and you're extra. Doing just, you're doing things just because you know the cameras are rolling yes. by. And that's what I don't agree with. Um, my perspective on Uba did change this episode. I think that she is pivotal to this cast. She's fun. She's light. Uh, everything that I didn't get in the first episode, I got in the second. I was like, okay, I can see why producers hired this girl. Well, the, so to give a little background on Uba, she doesn't drink. Or smoke, so there's no type of any type of uh, narcotics in her body, but she just she has a naturally high energy, so much to the point that she pulls a compass out. She goes to a restaurant, so she can always sit. She can always sit facing north. Now, you know I'm all about following housewives or shit. I'll go to a I'll go to a, a, a bartender. Can I have my ginger ale and reposado tequila short glass? Three limes, carcass, carcass out. out. Shout out. Dorit. So, you know, now I'm You'll going to restaurants. The compass. the compass facing. I'm gonna need to. I need to sit north. Okay. So that's my seat right there. You're north. Facing my a seat. wall. You're facing a painting. <laughs> your your uh, chakras are aligned. Right. Um, now this episode, like we said, the ladies are all in Aaron's Hampton's estate, which is beautiful and lovely, and they eventually all get there where. They have, you know, girl moments. It is interesting with this cast because you can tell that they are all familiar with each other, but none of them were friends prior to this show. They are all probably acquaintances. So a lot of our group 
scenes last week and this week are just like so tell me about yourself like it literally is just like it really is so your family like what (laughs) how many kids introduction to yeah it really is is. it's not you can tell this is not a group of girls that have known each other for years uh which is fine because it gives us a chance to learn each other through the other's eyes right um, no. Which is different and refreshing. I rather that than them pretend that they go, you know, they go back to elementary and shit. Well, now talking about different and uh, different and fresh perspective, we see Jenna show up and she's lead, leading Labia first. <laughs> she's the like, Jenna leads with that. Jenna leads with her. She leads with her vagina she's to the very room, baby. just vag- vag to the front she shows up in a vintage mercedes which makes me love her even more she's just this woman in my opinion is just so damn chic she really is and it's it's so we talked about this it's effortless but it's also i think it's she's very calculated and she knows that okay i need to look away but i need to give off because i'm so shy or I became into my I came into my queerness at the age of forty after I left my husband because we do find that story out yeah. um, what happened with her and her coming out um, that I am gonna give this I don't really fucking care like vibe of how I look but I care about how I look because I'm I, I have the body to look to make clothes look good on me she's intentionally effortless yes I will say that I love um, that intentionally effortless because effortless. she is a boss bitch she was you know uh, in charge of a very popular company so she's she has the wherewithal to be present and in the moment she's not aloof by any means yes um i just wonder what her end game is like what prompted her to sign on to this show to interact with women that she clearly because to me jenna is the most odd woman out and i feel like she this is not a group that she would normally roll with I do feel like there is an air of I'm slightly above this show with Jenna, which um, I love. I which love like, that yeah, type of which is great. I love that. Like energy. you can tell, she's like, I have the most money. I have the most. I have the best status. Most people viewing this show knows me, but she doesn't. The exact opposite of Anini leaks. She doesn't lead with that. She doesn't wear on her sleeve. Right. She doesn't remind you. She knows that you know who she is. Yeah. And that's enough. That's <laughs> she doesn't need to remind you. <laughs> but she talks about in this episode, she doesn't want to talk about her partner. Um, she always She's mentioned in this episode and last week's episode. So how awkward she is around groups. And she typically doesn't do, you know, a lot of women friends. So my question is like, why, why, why come on the show? Exposure platform, of course. I mean, again, whatever she's like, what's doing. What's her now, end game, though? I think whatever she's doing now, she's trying to maybe propel that to to get the Bethany Frankel um, uh, formula going for herself. But see, I, I, I get, I, I understand that if Jenna Lyons wasn't Jenna Lyons before the show. So I am curious to know if she's hawking something and she's just, you know, playing the long game and doesn't want to come out of the gate with it. Like, these are my Genelia Lions labia protectors or, you know, (laughs) dental dams. What's a labia protector? I don't know. I don't know. I was just thinking of something that, like, rhymed with Genelion. Like, Genelion's labia protectors. I don't know. Um, But, yeah, I think she is playing the long game because... Absolutely. She's not on here for fame. Like, people... 
people who know know who Jenna Lyons is, and people who don't, I don't think that she wants them to. But know. also, again, I think because the way she, the presence she gives off, you you're like, I want to get to know her. Again, she's very Absolutely. stylish. She's very because I didn't know who Jenna she's Lyons intriguing. was. I was like, okay, like she looks stylish. You look like someone I need to know who you are. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, the uh, aura she gives off. So. I, I'm fine with that, you know, but some of the other ones I can really care less about. Umba, love her to death. She's gorgeous. Again, she looks fake. She looks, she looks like an avatar, but she's fucking gorgeous. There's there's no hiding her beauty. And Sai, I had high hopes for her. I think I, need I her think to, she's gonna be the best. I need her to, to pull it around. I think she's gonna be. Uh, mark my words and retract what I said last week. I think Sai is going to be our villain of Possibly. the season, and I think that she will do a better job at it than what I thought Aaron was going to be. Now, another housewife that I don't see having much longevity um, is Giselle. And this week we find out that her and her husband don't fuck. She has a problem with her C-section scars. And at the end of the episode where all the ladies have a lingerie party, Jenna Lyons gifts everyone that I think didn't bring their own lingerie, like lingerie, because she is the fashion girl and she has the fashion connections. And everyone else loved their lingerie that they were gifted except for giselle who was gifted uh a that shit was ugly turquoise fuck, green laced nighty <laughs> that was, was about two sizes too big and of course she was triggered because all episode we heard about how you know she's not having sex with her husband how she doesn't feel sexy after the kids how she you know her body isn't where she wants to be so, cut to her getting fucking Shrek. <laughs> nah, it was just not a good situation. It, it wasn't cute, but I don't agree with how hard she went in on it. Because Jenna well, didn't get it knowing all of this information. It wasn't like, you know, her and Jenna had a sit down over the phone. And she was like, Jenna, I just hate my body. I hate the color green. And I hate garments that are too big for me. And Jenna's like, here you go. Like, well, so, I don't. So I have a whole different perspective because, again, if someone is gifting you something, then you've selected something for me and against my will or or acknowledgement or even knowing about it. So, okay. So you thought this was what I wanted. So I, it's because if you have the right to choose that, I have the right to tell you how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. About that. So, if you get, I don't now. Normally, it calls for decorum to just be polite to say thank you and move on from it because I've done that in life. But it's like sometimes it's like, no, like this ain't for me. Like, I don't know what made you think I would want this, but again, people, again, if you if people are coming from a good place, but at the same time, I think, I think Jenna was at the same time, I do feel that she has the right to voice her opinion and say, yo, like this, I don't, like, I would never pick this for myself, but like a Christmas tree. I, this is crazy. I agree. I definitely think she could have said, you know, this ain't my style, but I'm going to make it work. Or thank you, but I think I'm just going to wear my pajamas. That is completely acceptable but the way that she went on a tirade for like 30 minutes like the literally the well, last she has sex like years, the so last that's like, listen, that's all 10 minutes of the episode was her talking about how fucking ugly and not just how it wasn't cute but how fucking ugly well, it was let's also give because umba had mentioned the fact that she didn't like her outfit she was like all oh, this body and you're gonna cover this body up but then she 
turned it around and made a joke with Jenna about it and kept it moving. See? Like, so, but she, she kept it moving. But I want to um, just, I'm going to break the fourth wall real quick. Uh, so, friends out there, sorry if there was noise you heard. That was actually our um, sprinkler system for our backyard because we have the patio door open to the deck. And you heard the water. So, for the past, I don't know, 20 minutes, if you heard some noise in the background, that was not done the gesture radio that was our sprinkler system because and it's too fucking hot to close the <laughs> patio door <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but it probably isn't even that loud to be picked up because no, we had I, the no, AC I, on no I heard, I heard you in the headphones oh I was well like, I, I didn't say shit because i was like well i'll just address it the sound has on. been worse so, so <laughs> very true but i don't want people to think like am i tripping like no we 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 acknowledge you here on, on our show here so but that was the yeah that was that was Roni. That was Roni and that. Yeah, um, I think I had another point with them, but I can leave it for next week because I can't recall what it is at this point now. Oh, I will say this: I didn't like the fact how they were just all going in and trying to fix her vagina and, and, and her being Giselle. I felt like she's like, listen, like we have our shit covered, like we are okay, you know, like leave us alone. Mm-hmm. We're gonna figure our shit out, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So I just didn't feel like. It was appropriate for them to all. I'm not getting this girl talking. You had the girls' weekend, so of course you're going to talk about sex and all those type of things. But just the fact that they're like, jump his bone, blah, blah, blah. Like, you don't know what they're dealing with. Like, they be having certain shit going on between them. So mm-hmm. that was one of my takeaways from the show. But moving on to Real Housewives of Atlanta, let's go down to the Dirty Dirty. And the Dirty Dirty is in Portugal still. And this episode, we find out that Kenya Moore falls. Now, I don't know if it was karma because she let these ladies wait for about 45 minutes for her to get ready. But she walks out the hotel and she slips and busts her ass. I didn't laugh. I laughed because it was funny. (laughs) But apparently she got a whole heap of. Uh, pain and needed to go to the hospital where Candy went with her and they sat in the emergency room for hours. So, would we classify Portugal as a third world country? Um, I'm not Maybe sure. second world. It's not too third world. Maybe second world, right? So, Marlo made a statement about, well, they're in... Because Candy mentioned the fact that they were at the hospital, they were waiting, they were in pretty much, I guess, waiting among, amongst the common folk. But in Portugal, no one is checking for Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they, they don't know who these people are. So Marlo makes a comment saying, like, you know, Candy isn't worldwide because if she was, then they would have had the VIP treatment when they brought Kenya in and blah, blah, blah. But it was just an unnecessary statement, I think, in my opinion, about the situation. And Portugal is actually considered a first world country, along with the United States. (laughs) So maybe they know who they are. Well, hey. But, you know, that is what it is. Um, You know, these ladies are fun at times. When they had the dinner, Sheree tried to make up with with Drew and Drew tried to drive her point and I think this needs to be Drew's last season I think this needs to be all of their last season hard reboot <laughs> let's rony this shit I'm dead ass serious control alt delete control alt delete this fucking shit 
Um, and I'm not even joking. And I'm not joking, bitch. Um, so yeah, I continue. feel like you said that every episode. I do because you, I it, you, every you episode existence. reaffirms my. It makes me double double, double down. down so. Because again, what else? happened in this episode that well speaking is, of double it down drew double down basically and says that um she did not kiss latoya so what happens is the ladies go to some market in portugal they get a chef to cook the food that they picked out like it was a very it was a very filler episode it was nothing that was really brought into like this the circle so you know not not much to discuss on our end even with them and they lived it <laughs> um, but production shows um, at the end of this episode that they ended at about eleven forty-seven p.m. and the ladies, the ladies were still hanging out together, and conversation comes up about either Bolo or the situation for it was Kenya's um, hosting party at that time, right? Yeah, because that's when she got the lobster roll. So it was Kenya's yes. Kenya was hosting the party and it was the Charlie or some, somewhere in the States. COVID was going on. That's all we know because Bolo was in the box and he couldn't touch the girls um, until the cameras left. But they that's what they speak about. The cameras being gone and they still had the cameras in the house and the, and the girls all agreed to turn the cameras away. And that's when Latoya, who was Kenya's friend? She, I believe. Or she was Sheree's friend. I believe that she started out as someone else's friend, but her and Kenya got close. Became cool, yes. And so the conversation goes to did Drew kiss Latoya? And Candy's like, bitch, yes, you did. Like, Candy's like, first of all, I was not drunk or high. I know what my eyes saw. Mm. So, yes, you kissed her. Drew's denying it. Then Marla was like, I'm 80% sure. Or that I saw what I saw. 20% of Drew could be convincing because she's a good actress. But her 80% was that Drew did, that Drew did, did kiss Latoya. Latoya. And so Drew is just infatuately just denying the fact that that even happened. But I think that the producers put this seed into your head as a viewer to build upon the story that Drew could be bisexual or in a lesbian relationship um, with Ty uh, who was a WNBA player who was the ex-girlfriend of Mimi Fawcett who was the ex-baby mama of Stevie J <laughs> and we can keep going on, yeah, on, yeah. on on down that cycle six degrees of ratchetness we'll right. continue. so yeah so this is building up to the fact and also I think that this is maybe the catalyst of why Drew and her husband are separating or divorcing so I have nothing to say about this episode. That's so. it. <laughs> um, I do want to touch on the reunion seating chart. It officially came out. Okay, so who is Today. sitting where? So, to the left of Andy, sitting directly next to him, is Sheree. Next to Sheree is Marlo. Ooh. At the end of the couch, on the left side of Andy, completing that side, is... Sonya. So Sheree, Marlo, Sonya. Correct. Okay. Now to the right of Andy, sitting directly next to him, is Drew. Our oh. seat. Next to Drew. Of course, only reason. That's the only reason why she got that seat. Next to Drew is Kenya. 
Okay. And sitting at the very end, longest Candy. running housewife, Candy. And then Manana will come on that side when she comes. Yeah, Manana, friend of, will be on uh, the side next to Candy and uh, Melt Courtney. Face. Courtney is Probably going to be side. next to Sanya if they even bring that bitch out. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think that this seating chart even furthermore proves my point that <laughs> a reboot needs to be at uh, because they're just honoring Sheree as. A uh, as the only housewife from first season still around, so they're like just put her next to Andy. No, I think that she, because the Martell situation. What situation other than well, her being the with Martell? That, but the fact that in the beginning that he. But what is that situation there? There is no situation. Well, he was a player or whatever. He's from a different network. He also, <laughs> how's that? How's that the situation? I I would have preferred to see honestly. Candy sitting next to Andy because majority of all the conflict and the issues of the first half of the season has surrounded around people and their feelings toward Candy. Courtney, Marlo, Sheree, the entire... But the thing is, you didn't have a beef with Candy and Drew. You had a beef with Drew and Sheree. So maybe Drew and Sheree's beef, maybe it's bigger at some point we don't know about. But because you had that contention between them two, I can see why they put Sheree there. But also, I think Sheree, because of Martell, that's the major point. Like, there's no other woman who has drama with another man on the sh- with a man in the show besides Sheree with Martell. So but she doesn't even have drama with him. It it was can it was Kenya that had drama with Martell. But just but sh- he's on the show because of Sheree. So uh, that's why I think Sheree's there and. Everything else, it makes sense the way they have it seated. I would probably trade, you said on Drew's side, is Drew, Kenya, then Candy. Mm-hmm. I would probably put, well. I mean, that side, I think, makes more sense than the other side because. Candy, Candy buddy showed up. She was like, oh. Yeah, Candy is, uh, Candy <laughs> might not even be there. She may be fucking, zoom, she may zoom in. It she may be a be, hologram of Candy. Right. It may be a hologram <laughs> of Candy. She may be on tour on set of The Shy or some shit like that. Yeah. But Drew has. Mama's going through a lot. She's earned this first seat. Um, her seat well, yeah, is her the only was yeah her seat on the show is the only seat that I truly agree with because Mama's earned it. But look at the side of Marlo and Science. You think that Marlo and Science deserved the front seat before Cheray? Like no, that there's nothing. Sonya had family drama. Marlo dating a, a, a new nigga who owns a restaurant. Like, there's nothing that it's is significant just, it's, enough. It's honestly, at this point, the strongest of the weakest. Like, who... It is. And then also, you still have Sheree and Drew. Like, there's enough contention between Sheree and Drew about Shira Sheree. Did they really take it away or not? Like, there's enough Sheree talking about, you know, oh, you being sued by a cook. Like, there's enough contention between the two to try to spark up some type of controversy um and I just I just can't make a pivot points or good um sound bites for I, uh, I agree with that I agree with that I just can't take another Sheree heavy reunion with her stuttering and stumbling over her words honey Sheree is horrible she is at reunions horrible. she's horrible at reunions horrible at interviews <laughs> really she bad. is not that girl Sheree is great in a middle seat. Really, she answer, really is yeah. great at a middle seat. She is where she can look to her right, look to her left, maybe have a cute bob that moves around, <laughs> and she can chime in with sound bites 
But Sheree cannot hold a yeah. reunion the way first chairs usually do. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. And that's all I have to say about Housewives. So that is Housewives, ladies and gentlemen. So we don't even know when the reunion is coming out. I'm assuming. So if this is what? July? End of July? So maybe September? Beginning be of September. September, I can see yeah. Happen. That's new season. It's just stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, you guys, friends of the podcast, we only have one show left, and that's Bad Boys of Texas. And it's over. There's nothing to <laughs> talk about the niggas. Good night, everybody. <laughs> like, it was so tragic. Like, it, Zeus, Zeus Network utilizes all of their talent to come at the culmination of, of a situation. They brought out, who's what's the people named Christiana and Blueface? Uh, or Krishan. 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 Yeah. See, I'm not, listen, I was born in 1982. I'm, I don't know these young folks. If you were born in 19... 19- 90s at the 1992 I don't know who the fuck you are so there's some people that are now famous um who apparently rap that was on the Zeus Network as well and they brought them out with the bad boys of Texas and that was it the the biggest situation was they they ended the show with them going to a club and releasing their um song they made in the studio I'm a bad boy, or what have you. And unfortunately, Rasby could not make the... He didn't make the cut for the sound, for the song, because he had a medical emergency that happened with him. So Orlando Brown took his place. And, you know, the song is charting somewhere. We just can't find it. Not on the chart. (laughs) It's charting somewhere. We just can't locate where. So, um, that being said, the Bad Boys of Texas, I believe that was the final episode. It's over. I don't believe they're having a reunion. I think that Zeus Networks needs to reconsider things if they do a a Bad Boys Season 3 in whatever city. The next city probably will be Atlanta, just going off of the vibes of what they were doing with this season. But that's pretty much the end of that show. And that concludes our episode for this week, friends and family. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to thank you guys for tuning in to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. You guys know you can follow us on Instagram at at Oh, That's My Gay Friend. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns, you can email us at oh, that's my gay friend at gmail.com. Also, remember to go to our YouTube page. We have a YouTube channel now at oh, that's my gay friend. Like, subscribe. Like I said, we're trying to figure out the fundamentals of YouTube. We're just new to this, so just give us some time to see how we're going to promote our shows on the channel, okay? And also, I want you guys to continue reaching out to us on Instagram because a few of you have. We see you. We hear you. We appreciate it. But most importantly, like, give us five stars, and comment. Leave comments on Apple uh, Podcast, on Spotify, on all of the platforms that you may listen to us on because that actually helps us and the algorithm and we get suggested to other people to listen to the podcast so that's how it grows making sure that you give us five stars and leave positive comments positivity 
And also, we are available for any hosting gigs. I mean, if you need, Listen, okay. you know, some uh, on-air personalities, <laughs> if you've got wedding, bat mitzvahs, we, we can do, do this. We, we do it all. Bachelor parties, divorce yes, parties, divorce whatever parties, you want to do. We whatever got you. you need a host, uh, two hosts for that charismatic and work well together. We got y'all. We got y'all. <laughs> oh, that's my favorite. Oh, my you know God. I've been watching Insecure, like, rewatching it on, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yo, the one of bad. It, We'll talk about that next episode. Anyway, friends, you have listened for you have given us about hour and a half of your time. You have twenty two more hours to be with yourself. So do us a favor and just be kind. Speak positivity into your life. You know, whatever you manifest, we hope and we pray that it comes true to you. Okay. So on that note, we'll talk to you guys next week. Okay. Until then, bye, bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, that's my gay friend. It's brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen, did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? <laughs> this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend or email us your questions at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends. <laughs>